following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. I'm going I'm to teach a little bit to you. It's 7.59 and it's time to go. And I'm going to preach a little bit and we're going to go home. Now, I'm, I'm, I didn't come with something small. I didn't come with something that's not important. I came with something from my spirit to your hearts here tonight. And I'm gonna to speak tonight on this subject, no unfinished masterpieces. No, no, no unfinished. Everybody say, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna be what God intended for me to be. And I'm gonna be all that I can be what I'm trying to be, what God wants me to be. Turn around to somebody and say, now, let the man preach. <laughs> and you may be seated. All of our guests tonight, we honor you, all those watching online. We thank you for watching online. <clears throat> Sunday was a beautiful day here. Pastor Brad dedicated 19 or 17 wonderful children I guess it's a little of the COVID hangover. 19 beautiful, I'll get it out, 17 beautiful children were dedicated on Sunday. And they had 140 people next door while we were having a beautiful service on this side. And last Sunday was our largest Sunday ever in the new building. Outside of Easter and Christmas and maybe Mother's Day. We just had an outstanding attendance Sunday and what a joy to see people starting to come back to church after COVID. I saw an advertisement promoting a performance by the Springfield Symphony. The performance was called The Unfinished Masterpieces. My first reaction was how can anything unfinished be rightly termed as a masterpiece? So I did a little research. I found that the symphony would play such pieces as Mailer's 10th Symphony, one of Mozart's masses, and Bach's The Art of Fuge and Schaubert's Eighth Symphony. And each was a masterpiece in the making when for some reason, for some reason, the composer just stopped. Imagine a symphony playing and you're listening, the rich full sounds fill the concert hall and then slowly, almost imperceptibly, at first the music begins to diminish as a musical score ends for perhaps a single instrument, then another instrument, their piece ends and then another and finally, it winds down to an unresolved conclusion. It just goes away. A masterpiece which wasn't finished. Philippians chapter one is where I wanna take you today. Paul said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Say joy. joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day till now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do you know who that he is? That he is God Almighty. And he started something in you, he began something in your life and he's gonna perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, I believe that God keeps his promises. It's my prayer that in this building tonight there would be no unfinished masterpieces. 
One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says we are his workmanship, for we are his workmanship. That word there is from the Greek poema, which means his poem or his song, his song. It's the song he loves to sing. God must be able to sing wonderfully because he's God. He can do anything. But he created in Jesus Christ for good works. We're his workmanship. We're his gift. We're his blessedness. We're his poem. We're his, we're his masterpiece, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. It's a common problem, folks. It's found on all vocations, all callings, and all professions. It's not finishing what was started in our lives. Patty and I were privileged in 2015 to visit Barcelona, Spain at your expense. You sent us on a wonderful, wonderful anniversary trip. A fabulous designer named Gaudi, here's a picture of him, was the fact that, uh, uh, let's see, a, a fabulous designer, the, the famed Gaudi was, he left two buildings unfinished. And here's the two buildings that he left unfinished. Now they look pretty nice, but they're not finished. The artist and sculptor Michelangelo, here's his picture, created, is credited with creating 44 statues in his life. 44. Here's his unfinished works. In fact, there's a museum dedicated to his unfinished works. He only finished, folks, 14 of the 44. Large chunks of marble with perhaps only a hand or a leg finished. Some authors are not finishers. From Kubla Khan, Samuel Coleridge's opium-induced epics to the Victorian novel left unfinished by the passing of Charles Dickens, writers fail to finish. It's common to Christian writers as well. Thomas Aquinas, perhaps the brightest mind of the so-called Dark Ages, was so adroit that he could dictate two different books to two different scribes at once. That's amazing. Yet at the close of his life, he wished to write a summation of all that he had learned. He finished three volumes only to have a vision which reduced his other writings to straw and he perished shortly thereafter, never finishing his great work. Let's go to the Bible. At the close of the gospel, of his gospel, John, the apostle John, appears to throw his hands in the air as if in a fit of literary frustration, noting desperately that there are also, many other things that Jesus did. And if ever one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. He got a little frustrated. And whoever penned the epistle called Hebrews, I believe it was Paul, ultimately decided that it simply wasn't possible to tell the stories of all the faithful followers. He begins assembling the names, the list of names in the 11th chapter and suddenly realizing the enormity of the task, declares in exasperation, what more can I say or what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David, Samuel and the prophets. It's amazing. Funny. This is funny. Did you hear about the child who went to the zoo and came home and wrote God a letter? And he said, dear God, the boy wrote, did you mean for a giraffe to look like that or was it an accident? <laughs> In other words, are you finished with him or are you going to do a little more work on him? But there's a lot of people that I pastor through the years and even sometime in my life that feel that way about themselves. There really must be some mistake, God, how you made me. My neck shouldn't be this long. 
My feet are way too big. And God, look at this face you gave me. It's a face for radio and not television. And a face only mama would love. And when God was handing out looks, I must have thought he said books and I hid behind the door because I didn't want any. Some of us feel that way about ourselves. We put ourselves down. But let me read you something that you need to get a hold of. Psalms 139 said, God has known you since conception. And before he knit you together, he formed your sex, your race, even your mind and your face. You are no accident. You are the workmanship. You're the poema of God Almighty. Clap your hands and say, I am special. Come on, come on. It's time to brag on yourself. I am special. You're not feeling that right now. Say it, I'm special. I didn't get here from a monkey. I got here from a God that formed me in my mother's womb. I'm his workmanship. I'm his poema. There are no unfinished masterpieces. When Jesus spoke, people listened. He fed their fondest hopes. He ministered to their deepest fears. And one of man's fondest hopes is to finish what he starts. And one of man's deepest fears is to fall short of that goal. Luke chapter 14 says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to finish it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. I want you to lift your eyes up to the Lord and I want you to make this commitment because I say it every day in my life. Lord, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish what you started in me. I will never quit in my walk with you. You started me, you completed me, I'm gonna finish what you've started because you are the finisher of my faith, not only the author, but the finisher of it. Now clap your hands for yourself right now. Here's what I finish, here's what I fear. I fear unfinished business, I fear it. That's my first point I wanna to preach to you. Let a musician play a familiar piece of music, then stop before the final note. And all of heaven and earth seems to beg for that one final note to be struck. Something within us wells up saying, finish it. Finish it, finish it. See, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Because the battle is not to the strong and the race is not to the swift. But Jesus said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. I will tell you this, we'll be fighting more than the temperature outside before this is over. But we've got a God that's gonna keep us not only through the temperature changes, but through the earth changes. Because he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm gonna build your church. He didn't say, you're gonna build my church. He said, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm declaring right now that if he started this, he will finish this. Beethoven one night was riding late into the night and he got so tired of riding, he lost his way and 
didn't know what to put next, and so he went to bed. But he couldn't sleep because he had stopped his writing on what musicians call a suspended chord. For instance, the C chord is C, E, and G. It's a one, three, and a five. And a suspended chord is a one, two, five, which is a C, D, and a, and a G, or a four chord, which is a C, F, and a G. And they sound weird. They sound weird. It sounds like, it sounds like pitiful. And so he got up in the middle of the night because he couldn't sleep and he was so tired he couldn't sleep, but he had to go fix that note. And he went back upstairs and he changed one note. He made it a one, three, five chord, went back downstairs and slept all night. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If there's some things in your life that you feel are unfinished, you need to start finishing them. If there's some forgivenesses that you haven't given, if there's some family quarrels that you still hang on to, if there's some old bitterness in your past that you can't get past, you need to go ahead and finish that and allow God to let you, to let you finish this thing full of faith and full of hope and full of love. Come on now. I really believe with all my heart, maybe you've witnessed this experience. A person lingers on a deathbed until he or she hears a voice of one who has yet to speak. Or perhaps there's some unresolved issues. A few words are spoken to the seemingly unhearing figure lying prone on the bed. And within moments, they're transported over. They slip from this life to the great beyond. Why did that person linger? I'll tell you why. Unfinished business. They just had to get the business finished. We don't care for the unfinished song. We don't follow the partially told tale. End of the story, please. Or an incomplete life. It bothers us. Yet many of us fear that our lives will end like that, that we will leave something undone and unfinished. We want the bundle, we want the bundle of life wrapped securely. We wish to finish what we started. I can't tell you the number of places I've driven by in the cities I've lived past a hulk of an unfinished home. You could tell that someone had the highest hopes, but they just didn't finish. A lot was purchased. The plans were drawn. The permits were pulled. The foundation poured, the walls erected, but construction stopped. And we can almost hear a mocking voice say, you started, but you didn't finish. Question, what stops a person from finishing what they start? When I speak to someone who has decided to do this horrible thing like walking away from God, let me talk to you now. There always seems to be a note of confusion. Perhaps sometimes a little rage and you can almost smell their fear because no matter that reason or what reason causes a person to turn away, our actual self is always frightened of our potential self. We fear that we might have been what we might have been. I know the Bible said we see through a glass darkly, but to paraphrase something I read by Nobokov, a great writer, he said, life feels like a series of footnotes to a vast, obscure, unfinished masterpiece. I know we don't see all to life that there is. I believe that each of us, however, desires to see our lives completed and whole and finished. We long to see what we could be and we fear not being able to see it. A favorite character of mine, I wanna preach a little now, in scripture is rather, rather shadowy. We don't know much about him, but his name was Zerubbabel. It means he was born in Babylon. That's what his name means. 
And under the leadership of a man named Cyrus, this man gained permission to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple that had been destroyed when the Israelites were taken into Babylonian captivity. And Zerubbabel laid the foundation. He laid the foundation of the temple, but then there was a 17-year delay that many people don't know about. And people mocked him and said, this will not happen. But God moved, God moved on a prophet named Zechariah on a Wednesday night that was cold in Jerusalem to come to him and say, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house and his hands shall also finish it. Hallelujah. God has sent your Zechariah to you tonight and said, it doesn't matter where you are. Hell can tell you you're not gonna finish, but you are gonna finish what you started in your life. Oh, somebody help me preach. I'm not trying to get you happy. I'm trying to get you thrilled about what God is doing in your life. Do you realize you showed up on this night? Do you realize you showed up and heard singing? Do you realize you worshiped here tonight? Do you realize there's more empty seats than you've seen in a long time? But do you realize that God is telling you you're gonna finish? You're gonna finish. You're gonna finish. Woo! God promises, God promises to help us. He promises to help us with our unfinished business. I got so excited, I lost my page. It's my second point. Everybody say, God promises to help us with our unfinished business. So we start, we stop. We're like sheep, we stray. We start something, we get distracted. We get something moving, then we lose interest. Things don't go our way, we lose momentum. We dig a well like Isaac dug one time and things get contentious, so we abandon it, just walk away from it. We find an open door, but we see many adversaries. Jehoshaphat decides to bring home the gold of Ophir but the ships break it, Ezion Geber. That's in the book. We lose interest. Setbacks, adversity causes us to abandon our pursuits and find paths of least resistance. Not so with God, not so. Put it on the screen, what God starts, he finishes. Amen. He started a world and six days later, <laughs> he finished it. Amen. I'm gonna say that again. There's seven days in a week, but he started a world and six days later he finished it and he rested on the last one. And I believe when man was created on that sixth day, he had that man stand up and said, you're the greatest that I have because every other day was good. But when he created man on the sixth day, he said it was very good. Can I tell you, God wants to help you finish what he has started in your life. God wants to help you finish what he has started in your life. And some of you have been sick with the COVID, some of you have been sick with the flu, some of you have been sick with God knows who. But I will tell you something, God's gonna bring us all the way through this. We're gonna come out on the other side. And we're not gonna come out limping, we're not gonna come out lame, we're not gonna come out carrying crutches, 
we're gonna come out rejoicing because what God has started, he will finish. He will finish. God rested from his labors because he finished the world. He always finishes what he starts. He authors, he finishes. Zerubbabel, no matter the delay, you will finish. And, and the prophet said, and I'm gonna tell you how, it's not by might, nor by power, but by God's spirit. That's how we're gonna finish. God finishes what he starts. Philippians 1 and 6, I gotta say it again. That which he has begun that, that, that he has begun in a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be confident of that. See, when God is finished with us, point number three, we will be his masterpiece. 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 There's gonna be no flawed people in heaven. There's gonna be no sick and lame in heaven. There's gonna be no dying in heaven. By the way, there's gonna be no night in heaven. I don't know how we're going to get by with no sleep. I'm teasing. We're going to have spirit beings. We're going to be spirit beings. We're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. When I was a little old kid, 10 years old, I used to go through that little thing ever and ever and ever, and it drove me crazy. And mama said, son, you got to quit saying that kind of stuff. And I said, mama, how long is ever and ever and ever? She said, it never stops. I said, oh, I'd lay awake at night saying ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It drove me nuts. But now it drives me happy to be with him forever and ever and ever. And when God is finished with us, we'll be his masterpiece. Now, I don't normally quote poems in a, in a, in a service, in a, in a message, but I can't help this one. Betty Jo Means wrote this. She said, I look and see a helpless child who's weak and insecure. God sees a mighty saint with faith that's strong and sure. I see a mountain in my path too high, too wide to span. God sees the tunnel going through it according to his plan. I see the failures in my life that all the world can see. God sees my failures turned to gain and my loss to victory. I see the wild and stormy seas, the waves that crash and roar. God sees the lighthouse guiding me in safely to his shore. I see small puzzle pieces of life's picture that I face and God sees the final masterpiece with each small piece in place. And although my earth dimmed eyes can't see the plan God has for me, I'll know he'll help me to be strong and win the victory, the victory. Amen. See, God looks at our difficulties to see the end results and he finishes things well. I want to bring this to a close. I told you I wouldn't be long tonight. I trust I've blessed you with the word. God, God lets a, a character show in the Bible named John Mark. And uh, John Mark was the son of a woman who had a prayer meeting at her house one, night, one day when Peter was in prison in Acts 12. The Bible calls it John Mark's mother's house. And this woman's name was Mary. And uh, John Mark was called of God. And uh, this is the man whose uncle was Barnabas, the preaching partner of Paul. Barnabas was Mary's brother. Yeah, that Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who had sent Mark home. Paul had sent him home, saying he was not profitable for the ministry. 16 years, Mark 
did not get to do ministry. But God brought him back because he's not going to let you be an unfinished masterpiece. Not going to happen. And that boy wrote a book that's one of the greatest books, the shortest book of the four synoptic, synoptic gospels. And yet it's so powerful. It's so, it's so strong. It's so mighty. I love Mark's writing. I was told to go home in 1971 by a pastor in Louisiana. One night after church, I got through preaching. I didn't do well. I was a single guy. I had been preaching about six months, seven months. He said, son, you need to go home and do something else. You're not cut out for this. <laughs> and I called another pastor and I was kind of broken and I said, hey, I was told to go home. What do you think I'll do? He said, come by my house. I'm gonna lay hands on you. We're gonna cast that spirit out of you, son. And when he, when he laid hands on me, he said, you're cut out to be a minister. Now I wanna ask you, he said, Rex, I wanna ask you something. Whose report you gonna believe? His or mine? The bad report or the good report? Go home or stay the course? I said, I'm gonna stay the course. I'm so glad that I talked to that man and he laid hands on me and I stayed the course. Because I wanna tell you something. I was in the very embryonic beginning of my ministry. I was very vulnerable. And everything that somebody said to me, I took it wholeheartedly into heart. And I still do, but it doesn't bother me like it used to bother me. Because I wanna tell you something. I've learned something that the more I trust the God that says, I'll help you finish, the more I trust the God that said, I started this, I'm not gonna let you down, I'm gonna finish this in your life. The more I trust him, the more I see, I am gonna be a finished masterpiece in the hands of God one day, and I'm gonna be with him forever because he is the one that makes us, he is the one that created us, and he's the one that put us on this earth. Aren't you glad he's that kind of God? The famed preacher F.B. Meyer spoke of going to an artist's studio and finding many unfinished pictures, unfinished either because of the artist's lack of skill, sickness, or death. But he said, as I go into God's great workshop, I find nothing that bears the mark of haste or insufficiency of power to finish. And he said, we are sure that the work which his grace has begun, the arm of his strength will complete. So I'm gonna put four words on the screen all at the same time here. I think they're all at the same time. Put them up there. Put those words up there. No, he's put two, there we are. All right, there we are. I want you to, I want you to take a picture of these words. Take a picture of Put them in your refrigerator. It's refrigerator stuff right here. Everybody say completed. completed. Everybody say finished. finished. Everybody say restored. restored. Everybody say perfected. perfected. Say it again. Completed. completed. Finished. finished. Restored. Perfected. I want you to put those on your refrigerator for a whole week. And I want you to look at them every morning before you go to work and every night before you go to bed. I will be complete. I will be finished. I will be restored. And I will be perfected. There are no unfinished masterpieces. These are the adjectives used to describe God's intentions on a person's life. In John, John's apocalyptic, apocalyptic vision, he saw into another world so different than her own. He saw a city filled with gates of pearl, Randy, if you'll help me, streets of gold, walls of jasper, trees, river, crystal sea, everything John saw was finished. It was finished. I'm gonna say it again, it was through, it was done. 
It was cooked over 2,000 years ago. It's ready for you. Everything was complete. Heaven and its occupants formed the culmination of God's work in us. We are now the sons of God, folks, but we aren't yet what we will become. And when he appears, we'll be like him, and one day he will make all things new. I close with this tonight. In Mark's gospel, Christ's last words were speaking of being forsaken. In John's gospel, Christ's last words were, it is finished. Mark said, he was forsaken. John said, it is finished. So here's what I put on the screen. A forsaken Christ finished. A forsaken Christ finished. Don't matter what happens to you in your daily walk, whether you're forsaken by your family, forsaken by people around you, forsaken because of your love for Christ, whatever happens, you're going to finish. You're going to finish because there's no unfinished masterpieces. The Lord went so far as he could to go at Calvary to help see us and fill our need in our life. Don't leave this life uncompleted. Let the master shape you in his desires of your life. I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. I'm gonna tell you a little story at the end of this right now. I'm gonna tell you a story. This story is very important for me. I went and had my teeth cleaned today. And, 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 and I got somebody today that I never got before. I got the dentist that owns the place to clean my teeth. I didn't ask for her, but Dr. Lyons cleaned my teeth today. And I said, what's the, what's the honor? She said, well, Debbie, the one that takes care of you is on vacation in the Bahamas. And so you got me. I said, well, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I did. She said, well, I will tell you, I... I did this before I became a dentist. I, was a, I did this kind of stuff. I said, okay, good. So she cleaned my teeth. Now, she had an assistant there, and there was music in the, in the dental office. There was music. And I heard this little lady. I, I, I can hear sing. I can hear song. And the songs were pretty neat songs, as, you know, just contemporary songs. And she was singing along with every one of them. And I was listening. And when the good doctor got through with me and finished me up, I, the doctor went out to wash her hands and she went on to the front and I had this young lady alone. And I said, you're a singer, aren't you? She said, yeah, I used to be. I said, what do you mean used to be? I used to be a singer. I said, can you sing or you just sing with the radio? She said, I used to be lead singer in the church. And I said, I want you to sing for me right now. I said, I'm not Simon Cow, but I want you to sing for me right now. <laughs> I want you to sing for me. She said, I'm embarrassed. I said, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Annabeth, would you have sung for me if I? Sure. Sure, I knew that, yeah. <laughs> That's a PK right there. She... And I said, I want you to sing for me. She said, she said, and I said, okay, tell me, tell me what happened. Why aren't you singing now? She told me a story, a sad story. I won't tell it all because she may be listening tonight, but, but I, I want to say this. What happened was her husband and her were separated. Husband went off to a penitentiary, and evidently the church blamed her. 
and so literally forced her out of the church. And she said, I tried to go back several times and every time I'd go back, she said it was worse than it was the last time. Now I didn't invite her to church, but I'm going next Thursday to get some work done on my teeth, next Thursday. And that young one's gonna be in this house. Because, because, here's the reason why. There's nobody should be pushed out of a house of grace. Nobody should be pushed out of a house of grace when we're trying to get people to go to heaven from this place. Come on now. Come on now. That's a fact. So pray for me. I got a a witness. I got a calling on my life to do what I need to do next week. And she's going to sing for me next week. She may go through infuse right here and be on this stage someday. But I'm here to declare something to you. God has no unfinished masterpieces. Every one of you matter. Come on, clap your hands. Every one of you matter. Every one of you count. Nobody is a discount. Everybody is a great, great thing in the sight of God. Bow your heads. Let me bless you. Dear Father, I bless these people. I love them so much. I love them because they came on this night and I love the audience online. Thank you for them. Just thank you. Thank you for these people. Thank you, Lord. And don't let them get down on their self. Don't let them lose the fight and the battle. Let them continue, continue, continue. The word in the book of Acts, continue, continue, continue. We've got to move forward. We've got to go on because you have started something in us that you're going to finish in us. And we're going to finish a masterpiece in your sight. Bring us back Sunday morning for the beautiful series that we're gonna start here in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord, bring us back next Wednesday night. A very special Wednesday night will happen here next Wednesday and I'll be announcing it on Sunday. But Lord, bless this congregation and bless us all this week and bring us back in Jesus' name, amen. 